Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one calming page of Talmud a day. It's day three of our holiday week here on the podcast, which means that, once again, it's just me today. No guests, no banter, just pure Talmud. So how lucky am I, and how lucky are you, that today's Daf, the Darim 64, delivers a beautiful gem. Have a listen. The Gemara clarifies the meaning of the statement made by Rabbi Tzadok. What does, if so, there are no vows, mean? Abaya said it means, if so, vows are not dissolved properly. The one who took the vow might say he regrets doing so only because he is not willing to publicly state that he would have taken his vow despite knowing that it diminishes the honor of God. He may not actually regret having taken the vow, and this will lead to the improper dissolution of the vow. In other words, because we want to discourage people from taking vows, vows, in case you haven't noticed, are inconvenient things that cause the rabbis headaches, we can ask them if they regret taking the vow in the first place. But that is complicated, because more likely than not, they will be too embarrassed to say that they would have taken the vow regardless, even if they know that taking vows is far from the most pious way to behave. In other other words, people would simply lie, because we take vows when we're angry, and anger makes you do things that defy all reason. A recent psychological study confirms exactly this point. Published last year in the peer-reviewed journal Experimental Psychology, it involved showing 79 participants a short film and then giving them a quick quiz filled with misinformation, like asking them what transpired after the woman in the movie dropped her purse, which, alas, never actually happened in the movie. The participants were then divided into two groups. One was treated well, leading them to experience what researchers called a neutral emotional state, and the other was subjected to supervisors who were rude, dismissive, interrupting, in short, jerks who did everything they could to make the research subjects angry. Then, both groups were asked to answer detailed questions about the film. And, surprise, surprise, those in the angry group were much more likely to recall details that never appeared in the film as true facts. Anger doesn't simply make someone's memory worse. Professor Michael Greenstein of Framingham State University, who designed the experiment, said in an interview, instead, it makes people more susceptible to the types of memory errors they were already making because memory doesn't work like a video camera. The rabbis, of course, knew that well which is why they delivered the warning they did in today's page. An angry person neither recalls nor reports accurately. An angry person is simply angry. And when we're angry, we misspeak and misremember and misjudge and generally mishandle things. So how might we get unangry? Elsewhere, the Talmud delivers a famous story about that most unangry of dudes, Hillel the Elder. One day, the Talmud tells us, two rowdy gentlemen bet each other 400 zoos, a small fortune, on the following question, whether or not Hillel, the famous sage, known for his good nature, could be made angry. And so, one of them waited until it was almost Shabbat. 
he went to Hillel's house, and when he saw Hillel enter the shower to wash his hair, he knocked on the door. Where is Hillel? Who here is Hillel? Who here is Hillel? He cried. And Hillel, doing what probably most of us would do, wrapped himself in a towel and came out to greet the stranger. My son, he said, what do you seek? And the man then asked him a profoundly idiotic question. Why were the heads of Babylonians oval? Now, if I was Hillel, I would probably just fume at the stranger asking stupid questions when I was trying to take a shower before Shabbos, but Hillel did nothing of the sort. My son, he said, you have asked a significant question. The reason is because they do not have clever midwives. They do not know how to shape the child's head at birth. Whatever you think of this answer, it's a perfectly sound, logical, and respectful answer. The man said, thank you, and Hillel went back to his shower. A short while later, however, the man reappeared. Who here is Hillel? He shouted, who here is Hillel? Even though he's already been there, he knows exactly who Hillel is and where he is. And Hillel, just as he'd done the first time around, appears wearing nothing but a towel and a smile. What can I help you with, he asks, and the man proceeds to ask another question even stupider than the first one. Why are the eyes of the residents of Tadmo bleary? Well, says Hillel, with a big smile, you have asked a significant question. The reason is because they live among the sands and sand gets in their eyes. The man says thank you, goes away, Hillel goes back inside and back to the shower, and a few minutes later again the knock on the door, and again, that battle cry, Who here is Hillel? Who here is Hillel? Hillel materializes a third time. How can I help you? He says, still only wrapped in a towel. And the man asks another very stupid question. Why do Africans have wide feet? And Hillel says, well, you know, because they live in marshlands and their feet widen to enable them to walk through swampy areas. Again, the answer matters less. What matters is what happens next. At that point, just as the story is getting kind of annoying and ridiculous, the meddlesome stranger breaks down. I have many more questions to ask, he said, but I'm afraid lest you get angry. Hillel never flinches. He fixes the towel, sits down, and calmly tells the man to ask whatever question he wanted. The Talmud continues. The man got angry and said to him, Are you Hillel, whom they call the Nasi, or the President of Israel? He said to them, Yes. He said to him, If it is you, then may there not be many like you in Israel. Why, Hillel asks, would the stranger say such a rude thing? Because, the man replies, I lost 400 zoos because of you. Hillel says to the man, be vigilant of your spirit and avoid situations of this sort. Hillel is worthy of having you lose 400 zoos and another 400 zoos on his account, and Hillel will not get upset. Here's hoping we could all be like Hillel, thinking about other people and their feelings before we take vows and make statements, and teaching ourselves how to defeat anger, and, to put it in very Jewish terms, always striving to find our inner Zen. This has been Take One, 
If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic, and we will see you again soon.